This is ReachMD, and you're listening to Vascular Viewpoints, sponsored by Becton Dickinson, advancing the world of health. Here's your host, Dr. Jennifer Cottle. Centrally inserted central catheters, or SICs for short, and peripherally inserted central catheters, also known as PICs, are common devices used to administer intravenous therapy. And although they come with several benefits, serious complications such as deep vein thrombosis and central line-associated bloodstream infections can occur. But how do PICs and SICs compare on catheter-related complications? And do insertion methods have a part to play in those outcomes? A deep dive into what the latest research is telling us, straight from the investigators themselves, will be coming up on today's program. This is Vascular Viewpoints on ReachMD, and I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Cottle. Joining me to share insights from two recent meta-analysis in the Journal of Vascular Access are study authors, Dr. Gregory Shears and Dr. Paolo Balsarano. Dr. Shears is an anesthesiologist and critical care specialist at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and he was lead author of a systemic review comparing DVT and CLABSI risks in patients receiving peripheral versus centrally inserted central catheters. Dr. Shears, thank you so much for being here today. It's my pleasure, Dr. Caldwell. Thanks for inviting me. Of course, we're happy you're here. And Dr. Balsarano is an anesthesiologist as well and critical care specialist who practices at Correggi University Hospital in Florence, Italy. He served as lead author of a meta-analysis examining PIC-related thrombosis rates based on modern insertion techniques. Dr. Balsarano, it's great to have you with us. Oh, the honor is mine. Thanks for the invitation. Of course. Now, before we dive into these two studies respectively, Dr. Shears, let me throw a basic prefacing question your way first. Why is there an ongoing need for additional reviews of complication rates between central catheter devices? You know, what's the clinical practice gap at stake here? Sure. It's actually a complicated answer that I'll try to give to you succinctly. So vascular access is at the core of anything we do as an inpatient and much of what we do as an outpatient. And there are many potential choices in vascular access devices that one can make. There have been attempts in recent years to try to help individuals with selection by creating guidelines and other sort of things. And one thing that has come up since a recent meta-analysis done several years ago is that there was some unfortunate misinformation that was provided that I think may have helped to misdirect one of the guidelines in some ways. So it was important, it is always important that we look carefully at the data and also at the results. Do they make sense? Are they in line with current practice? And that's really what the NIDIS was that inspired me to do an additional meta-analysis comparing peripherally inserted central venous catheters and centrally inserted venous catheters in order to understand their contemporary complication rates. And Dr. Balsarano, I'll pose the same question to you from your vantage point in Italy. What ongoing issue or issues in vascular access care led you to conduct your systemic review? So essentially, our main aim was to investigate peak-related thrombotic complications and 
We tried to do something which could overcome all the limitation I, I talked about the previous question. So we use strict criteria for study selection, which is something weird for a systematic reviews, because which is meant to gather all available evidences around the topic. And we all included prospective studies where catheters had been inserted according to extremely important technical aspects, such as catheter size choice, according to the vein size and tip location control. And in addition, we limited our systematic search to studies published in the last eight years, which was a kind of effort to be representative of contemporary of modern vascular access era. Understood. So let's dive into each of your studies in turn. Dr. Balserano, let's stay with you for a moment. You know, can you talk about your study's overall objective and how you pursued the investigation? So essentially, our aim was to investigate PIC-related thrombotic complications, and we tried to write something which could overcome the aforementioned limitations. So we used three criteria for study selection, which might sound unfamiliar for a systematic gravian meta-analysis, which are meant to gather all available evidences around the topic. And as a matter of fact, we all included the studies which have contemplated to pivotal technical aspects, such as catheter size choice according to the vein size and tip location control during the insertion. And in addition, we limited our systematic search to studies published in the last eight years. And this was an effort to be representative of modern vascular access era. Now, Dr. Shears, coming back to your study, can you walk us through its overall goal and design? Sure. The overall goal of my study was to provide a contemporary look at the PIC and SICK literature with regard to two main outcome variables. They were CLABSI rate and DVT, deep venous thrombosis rates. The prior meta-analysis from 2013 incorporated studies going all the way back to 1926, which because of the number of studies over that period of time and the fact that they didn't reflect current best practice bias towards potentially incorrect information, So I wanted to take a more modern look at those two main outcome variables. And so I chose 2006 as my starting point because it was far enough after the beginning of the insertion bundle for central venous catheters, six, and the PIC nurses had been practicing the current best practice already. They were ahead of the IHI bundle. So, and then I used exactly the same research methodology beyond that, the Prisma PICO approach to looking at those studies and from that develop very interesting data. Okay. For those of you who are just tuning in, you're listening to Vascular Viewpoints on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Caudill, and joining me today are Dr. Gregory Shears and Dr. Paolo Balserano to discuss their respective meta-analyses examining DVT and CLABC outcomes associated with the use of centrally versus peripherally inserted central catheters. So coming back to these two studies, let's review their respective findings and what each of you took away from them to inform your own practices. Dr. Shears, what can you tell us about the outcomes of your study? 
Sure. So it was consistent with what I thought was going to happen, which is always reassuring. And that is that the CLABSI rate was very low. Actually, it ended up being 48% lower than with six. Now, I think that reflects, you know, as anybody that knows this area realizes that PIC catheters and SICK catheters are very similar, similar materials, you can get triple lumens. You know, there aren't that many things that are different other than PICs tend to be a little bit longer inserted in a different place. But as I mentioned, the nurses were ahead of the game with performing the bundle. They've been doing maximum sterile barrier, washing hands, 2% chlorhexidine, all of that way before the physician-dominant sick insertion was happening. So the PICs clearly were doing a better job within this meta-analysis looking at data from 2006 to 2018 with regard to a much lower rate of CLABSI. So I think if we had a shorter sample time, maybe that would be closer, but clearly PICs are not a disadvantage. And, and within this, it was demonstrating they're either equal or a real advantage. And then with regard to DVT, since 2006 or so, people were paying more and more attention to this issue of catheter-to-vein ratio. So we know that as we crowd the veins more with larger size catheters, we're going to bias towards thrombosis. So within the vascular access community, people have been talking about this issue now for quite a while. Actually, it's been a hot topic at, at many of the meetings. So people are on board with this and they're inserting PIC catheters of the smallest possible diameter. And Dr. Balsarano, given the special focus on insertion technique guiding your team's meta-analysis, what were the results and main takeaways of your investigation? So we observed a rate of 2.4% of symptomatic thrombosis related to PIC lines, which is essentially lower than previously reported in other meta-analysis on the same topic which were not contemplating the impact of technical aspects on this occurrence. So rates were slightly higher in some kind of populations, such as hematologic patients, highlighting how individual susceptibility plays a dominant role for this occurrence. And that's what it is. So what we showed is that a proper insertion technique, paying attention to catheter size choice and tip location control leads to a low rate of peak-related deep vent thrombosis. And so this is something extremely contemporary, extremely modern. So we need to pay attention to evidence-based technical factors when we insert a peak line. Well, before we wrap up, I'd like to get each of your perspectives on what lines of research you think are needed next in the vascular access field maybe stemming from your own or each other's findings. So Dr. Balsarano, I'll start with you on this. First of all, I think that research surrounding catheter-related complications should be based on prospective studies, well-designed studies or randomized clinical trials. Over the last years, I read a lot of retrospective studies, which are essentially based on data retrieval from huge databases. And this kind of methodology might be incredibly misleading, but because there are two confounding factors, too many biases, which might alter the quality of results. As for my research field, uh, such as catheter-related thrombosis, a key aspect would be to evaluate the impact 
of asymptomatic thrombotic events, which happens to be often incidental findings, but once found as physicians, we are very reluctant not to treat this kind of thrombosis, even if they rarely lead to serious consequences and we start a very long and very demanding treatments. So this might be a good point, a good aspect to investigate further. Okay. And how about you, Dr. Shears? What lines of research and discovery are you looking forward to here? With regard to where research needs to go with regard to vascular access, if you wanted to talk in general categories, we have to focus on the relationship of the device and the vessel. We have, I think, if you follow best practice, if you're meticulous with your insertion and you use good insertion technique, we have demonstrated that we can have a relatively low complication, low insertional-based CLADSI risk. Our remaining problems have to do with catheters remaining in the vessel and our care and maintenance subsequently, which can cause adherence of bacteria and subsequent biofilm development. So we have to look to ways to either engineer out the human factor of non-compliance or figure out a way to get better compliance with regard to best practices for care and maintenance. That is a huge problem, at least in the CLADSI realm. We have to really continue to emphasize the importance of catheter to vein ratio and also look to additional materials that are not going to be less thrombogenic, but still strong and small to reduce the probability of DVT over the long term. Those are areas that are actively being pursued right now. And I'm hoping in the next five years, we'll actually have, we'll take another step forward with regard to improvements in this area. Well, with those developments on the horizon, I'd like to thank my guests, Dr. Gregory Shears and Dr. Paolo Balserano for joining me today. Doctors, it was wonderful speaking with you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you to you all. This program was sponsored by Becton Dickinson, advancing the world of health. To access other episodes in this series, visit reachmd.com slash vascular viewpoints. This is ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.